Blog Talk Radio. Are you tired of being sheep? Well, so is he. Get a friend, get informed, and get involved. It's We Are Not Cattle Radio. Hello, and thank you for joining us. It is We Are Not Cattle Radio. I'm your host, Jake Counts, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. This is a little bit of a longer show tonight. We're actually going to expand the show. I told you guys um, a couple weeks ago that listen in every week. We're going to be doing some expansion. I'm going to be getting some gear onto my site. So you'll be able to order some We Are Not Cattle gear, which would be very cool. The way you can show that you're not a sheep and you're not a member of the herd, that you're actually going against the herd and trying to promote liberty, prosperity for all around the world. Not just here in America. I think we lose sight of that quite a bit. But the uh, topic for the show tonight, and um, I kind of went to a different format. I think I'm going to go follow the um, the Joe Rogan and um, Adam Kokesh uh, idea for podcasts, and that's just number them. And so this is We Are Not Cattle, number one. So this will be the first two-hour show that I do. I've uh, done in the past, I've done half-hour shows on Wednesday, I've done full-hour shows. But now that I have the time to kind of, I guess, really dive into what I'm trying to do with this, and that is to stir up the awakening, to stir up the humanity that resides inside all of us. And the and what I mean by that is that we are in a battle that I never even could imagine was going on. And so the first few minutes of the show, I'm going to talk about my awakening. And 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 awakening is not something to be proud of. It's not like oh I'm awake, I'm here, I've arrived, yay, got everything figured out. Now, awakening is the first step. And once you're awake, you can't go back. It's it's very odd. And, you know, you 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 slip into the matrix every once in a while like I do. But it's 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 cognitive going into the matrix. Like if I go and and watch a a basketball game or something like that, not live, but you know, sit down on 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 the couch and drink a beer and watch the basketball game, you know, that's me zoning out or as I call myself Assimilating into the Borg for a minute, going into the hive mentality for a minute, but consciously being aware of that. And I think that that's what we need to understand is that is that we need to make conscious choices of everything, whether it's the food we eat, whether it's um, the participation we have outside of our work and outside of our social circles, um, what we do as far as activism goes, how we go about trying to change things, um, how you speak out to people. And you need to be speaking out to everybody at this point in time. Because there are some that you're not going to be able to reach, but there are some that you're really going to be able to touch because people are wondering what the hell is going on. They're watching they're watching e entertainment news and all these things and then they go and get their, their news fix from things like the Daily Show and the Daily Show actually, which I'm going to share on my site because it was so awesome. It was very profound. 
The Daily Show actually goes after the president, and they show clips of the president from not only what he said on, um, I think it was yesterday, where he was asked about um, the FBI, and I'm going to get on all this stuff a little bit later in the show. I'm going to get I'm going to get my friend Daryl on here for about the last half hour, and we're going to just pontificate on the news and kind of talk a little bit about that, but also. Um, you know, expand on the awakening and what we need to do and how people can get involved. And and I'm sure that he'll bring up the march that Adam's doing, amongst other things that they're doing to promote freedom. But yeah, we're in a we're in a battle, and it's crazy. And to see all this stuff come out in the way that it does, and then it's it's funny. It's like you have grown men, grown men reverting to. Childlike behavior. Say, oh, uh, when did you find out about the IRS? Well, I found out when you guys found out when I was watching the news. See, Obama always likes to try to present himself as the common person. Oh, I got my brackets filled out. I know about college basketball, and that gets the people that are in their compartmentalized sports um, affiliation because it's all tribalism. It's you know their tribe against another tribe. It's it's tapping your core vested interests as a human, and that's defending your tribe. That's why you see fights and stuff break out after football games, is because you know obviously you have it's it's tribal warfare, warfare, and then you have alcohol on top of that, and it makes it just ridiculous. So he plays to those people. He also plays to the popular culture people by having people like. Um, Jay-Z and Beyonce and stuff and Justin Timberlake and those people come over to the White House and those guys get all impressed because, oh my gosh, I'm meeting the president. Not really, dude. You're getting to meet like a um, a regurgitator. You're getting to meet somebody that reads off a teleprompter and is so polished that he wants to have a teleprompter everywhere. Now, see, some people see the teleprompter that Obama has as a detriment or a crutch. I see that as somebody that's a perfectionist and doesn't want to screw up. Now, you can fight me on that if you want, but that's the way that I see it. And typically, that's what this show is. I'm just giving you my perspective. Please don't do what what the Alex Jones acolytes do and just walk around and repeat things that Alex Jones talks about. Because I heard him knocking Angelina Jolie on his show today, and and Alex, I I never attack you, but you need to find out why that she had that um, breast surgery done. It wasn't to deface her body. She has a genetic disorder that makes her 50%, uh, it's like a 50-50 shot for her to get breast cancer and ovarian cancer. It's like flip a coin, do I want to get cancer? I mean, if somebody gave me the opportunity to remove, you know, both of my testicles after I've had kids and everything and said, look, you either got a 50-50 shot of getting testicular cancer, you can roll the dice, it's probably going to kill you, or is it at least going to cost you a lot of pain and a lot of suffering and chemo and all that stuff down the road, or you can have a two-hour operation, have them removed, and you won't even notice the difference. It'll probably take a couple of weeks or a month to recover, and then after that you have, you know, other than getting vaccinated and stuff like that, you have no other real cancer threat from that area. I just see that as being smart. Now, I don't 
agree with her on listen i've read articles about her and what she's into and she's she's out there but this one i got i got to just kind of pull pull back and say we need to you need to pull back from that because that was actually a really bold thing for her to do you know I, i'm digressing i'm sorry it's not what the show's about so just, let me reset so we've had all this stuff going on in the news, and now people are looking for answers. And they're going to turn to the mainstream media for answers, and you, as the informed populace, remember our forefathers said that the only way democracy works is if you have an informed electorate, if you have an informed populace. That's the only way it works. Well, and that's why you see such crazy corruption now is because we don't have an informed populace. We have people that don't want to be informed. And those are the ones we can't save. Just letting you guys know in the liberty movement. We can't save those guys. Because they will sit there until their dollar gets destroyed or until there is uh, social unrest. They will sit there and watch entertainment news and talk about how pretty people look in their dresses and how great it is on the red carpet and all these other things. You're not going to reach those people. So I'm not talking about those guys. I'm talking about you, the informed populace. This is not a rah-rah session, but this is a kind of get-your-ass-in-gear session. We have an opportunity now with what's going on in the country and what's going on all around the world to really make a push for liberty worldwide, not just here in America. Once again, I, I, I hate to look at things in a small myopic perspective or myopic I think it's myopic. Anyway, a very tiny perspective. I like to think big scale. And the way that I kind of structured the show tonight is I'm going to start small, and I'm going to get large. And what I mean by that is I'm going to start small with myself, talk about my awakening, talk about my friend's awakening. And then I'm going to talk about... Then I'm going to talk about government. And I'm going to talk about how you can wake up other people. Because waking people up is not very difficult. And you just have to find out what kind of learner they are. And that's a very, very pertinent piece of information. Do they learn by watching videos? Do they learn by doing stuff? Do they learn by uh, listening? Do they learn by reading? See, I'm an auditory learner. I grew up playing the piano. I couldn't read a piece of sheet music until I was 15 years old, but I was playing for at least when I was nine. How could I do that? Because I just memorized what the sounds sounded like and then replicated them and then played the song knowing what the sound sounded like. And that's an oversimplification, but that's in essence what it was. So I'm an auditory learner plus a little bit of a visual learner because I'm a male. Males are typically more visual learners, guys. That's why, you know, we see hot chicks, we go crazy. Girl sees a hot guy, it's not, you know, it's like, oh, he's kind of hot, but, you know... I wonder if he's a good dad or I wonder if he's a good person. You know, most guys never get to that. It's just like, oh my gosh, she's hot. And any guy listening knows that. From the time that you're like 14 to the time that you're 20, let's say 25-ish, that's the mindset. So girls, if you're if you're between 18 and 25, guys are going to be all about looks for the very first part of it. And then they're going to get to know you as a person. So I hate to break it to you, but... It's just how we operate. There's nothing we can do about it. 
just like you guys subconsciously judge us on whether we're symmetrical or not. That's nothing you do consciously. It's just girls find attractive men that are symmetrical because that means that they're going to be good breeders and they're going to have good genetics. Now, you don't consciously think, wow, that guy's left ear and right ear are proportionate. He's really hot. Nope, doesn't even come across like that. So anyway, digressing off of that. After I talk about the awakening and how, what we can do to understand all of this information that's around us, because believe me, it's a lot, and you can't be an expert in everything, and I'm not. I'm a once-over kind of guy in pretty much everything, but I do find certain things to be more more fascinating than others, and I'm going to get to those here uh, a little bit later. But first, what I would say to you is my awakening and once again, we're going to start small, I'm going to go to the outer awakenings, and then we're going to talk about how you spread the message of liberty. And then we're going to talk about our government here in the United States, expand out to the world government, and even expand all around that, and talk about the global population agenda or the global depopulation agenda, which is going on. And I'll read – I'm going to read quotes – from books written by eugenicists that believe that the world's overpopulated. Even though we've had quite drastic reductions in fertility, in, in, in how how many children um, American folks have, Western cultures have, um, as opposed to um as opposed to um like African cultures and stuff, but that's a little bit down the road. So my awakening starts like this. I am two, three, good gosh. It's two thousand nine, late two thousand nine. I'm hanging out at my house, and my friend Tim, who cheers to you, Tim, you know who you are. If you you listen to the show a lot, so I know that you've kind of started the ball rolling on this, so cheers to you, my man. My friend Tim Asked me one day, and this is a guy that I worked with, he asked me, have you ever wondered where money comes from? And I sat there for a second. I said, you know, that's a really good question. I've never really thought – I know our government issues our currency. And he said, really, you do? You know that our government issues our currency? And Tim, knowing who I am, knows that I'm an inquisitive person. And I was like, okay, so go on. What do you know that I don't know? And so he goes on to explain to me, listen, I can't – I cannot explain to you this movie, but you have to watch it. I'll send you the link for it. Okay. So I'm like, yeah, wait, whatever. And this is back when I was in sales. So we were both in our little sales offices or whatever. So – I leave that day from work, come in the next day. Hey, did you watch the movie? No, didn't watch it. Two or three days go by. Hey, did you watch the movie? No, didn't watch it, man. I'm 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 trying to go out and meet girls at this point. I had no interest in sitting there and watching a documentary. I thought documentaries were lame. So it's Friday. And Tim goes, have you watched the movie yet? I'm like, no, dude, I'm probably not going to watch it. And he says, please, this weekend, just watch this movie. So I was like, all right, all right, all right. 
You sent me the link? He's like, I sent you the link. Just click on it and watch it. And it was Zeitgeist. So, I think it was around 11 that night. And after I played a little bit of Xbox with my friends and just kind of hung out and had a couple of beers, so I was just sitting around just kind of bored, wasn't really tired. So I'm going to watch that movie. I'm going to watch that Zeitgeist movie and see what this thing's all about. So I click on it, it takes me to the page, and he's like, make sure you watch the one on the right first. And I was like, okay, and click on it. So the very first couple of segments is talking about human behavior. I'm like, oh, God, all right, this is kind of deep. And then it's talking about you know, Christians and Christ and all that stuff. I'm like, okay, I understood all that. Yeah, that's cool and cool. And it's got a, kind of like a little trippy you know, effect to it or whatever. I'm like, all right, that's kind of nice. So, um, so it gets to the part about the Federal Reserve. And it goes on. And I'm awestruck. Because I learned about it in history class, and I didn't even really remember it. It was just one of those things I was just worried about the answer on the test. You know, I didn't really care about the information. I just wanted to wanted to know what was on the test. And everybody's been like that before, and I'm sure everybody's been in class with somebody like that. Is this going to be on the test? No, you need to learn the information. It gives a rip if it's on the test. Of course, I learned that later in life, not in high school. Once again, too busy, worried about trying to go out and meet girls and do fun stuff and try to get in trouble. So after the movie's over, I sit there, literally sit there, for about two hours. And I felt like somebody had mentally assaulted me. But that's what it feels like when you break the trance. It's like somebody mentally and emotionally assaults you. So I go back on Monday, and I'm like, hey, Tim. He goes, you watched the movie, didn't you? It didn't even take him more than 10 seconds because I walked up to him right after right after the Monday morning meeting, which anybody that's been in sales knows what those are all about. Everybody gets together. We're going to talk about nothing, and then 15 minutes later, everybody gets to go back to their cues. So I'm sitting there going, what about this private Federal Reserve? How in the hell can they lend our country money? What the heck happened? And he's like, well, you watched the movie, didn't you? I'm like, yeah, but I just don't... I don't get it. Like, why doesn't everybody know about this? Why isn't everybody pissed off about this? Why, why, why? And he's like, man, you just got to do the research for yourself. And he turned me loose. And so tip of the cap to you, Tim Carroll, out there. Oh, don't worry, dude. You're already flagged in in a database, so it doesn't matter if I give your name out. <clears throat> but um, yeah, that was that was it. That was my awakening. It was almost four years ago. Seems like forever ago. Because once you're out of the matrix, it's very very odd. Because you have you have to almost shape shift sometimes, especially if you're in sales, because and this is just me speaking from personal experience. When you're in sales and you're awake, you have to kind of shift back into the popular culture slash sports slash entertainment factor of things. 
And it's sales sometimes is so phony because everything's so first layer. Everybody has an objective. The objective for the salesperson is to make a sale. The objective of the person that you're trying to pitch to is trying to find out if they trust you. And you're making small talk. And in the mix of all these small talks and three or four meetings that you might have together, that person is going to decide if they're going to trust you with their business, knowing nothing about you. Having, once again, for me, it was it was laborsome. It wasn't fun anymore when I was super awake. It wasn't fun anymore. I couldn't talk to people about the things that I wanted to talk about. People wanted to talk about Falcons football. I'm like, hey, you um, you know there's a depopulation agenda going on right now, and they said that they're putting stuff in our food and water to sterilize us and kill us because our dumbasses couldn't control the population on our own, so they figured that they would just take matters into their own hands and go ahead and do it for us too. And if you don't believe me, I will go ahead and read this for you. I was going to get to this a little bit later, but I have to read this now. And this is a quote from Population Bomb which is a book about how the population growth doubled and doubled and doubled, and we really need to kind of get this curtail this thing because we're going to run out of natural resources. Well, what's happened in the intermediaries, you guys have done such a stellar job at depopulating the entire planet. Now we're actually at a negative growth rate. Good job, guys. So now we're not going to have a population bomb. We're going to have a population deficit. And I'll get into why that's so important a little bit later. But here's a quote from Population Bomb. And it talks about what the problem is, and the problem is overpopulation. And so it says basically then there are two kinds of solutions to the population problem. One is a birth rate solution in which we find ways to lower the birth rate, which is what they're doing through GMOs. They're trying to you know, lower your fertility through GMOs and through all these other um, – through, um, through fluoride in the water. I've got, um, I've got the big research study. I'm going to read from that here a little bit later talking about how it does reduce IQ and it does reduce fertility. So that was one of the ideas, was a birth rate reduction. But they were going to make it a voluntary birth rate reduction. So it was just educate the population, have them have one or two kids, and then that will curtail the population instead of having three, four, five, seven kids. Or like over in Africa where they have like eight kids because if they have eight, then three of them survive. So they have to kind of you know, tip the scales in their favor. So one, and continuing here, one is the birth rate solution, in which we find ways to lower the birth rate. And this is the most insane stuff that I've ever read in my life, but you have to hear it. This is verbatim out of Population bomb. The other is a, quote, death rate solution, end quote, in which we raise the death rate, and then it's through war, famine, and pestilence. The problem, and this is where it gets super creepy because he says in the book what they've already decided to do and what they've already implemented – Without the knowledge of the with, – with, with the human public whatsoever, the problem could have been avoided by population control 
in which mankind consciously adjusted the birth rate so that a death rate, a quote-unquote death rate solution did not have to occur. I'm going to read that again because you should be freaking out at this point. The problem could have been avoided by population control in which mankind consciously adjusted the birth rate so that a death rate solution did not have to occur. What they are telling you right there is they have already made the decision that they are going to do things to up the death rate on this planet in order to, quote, save the planet. And that was, yes, a pause for effect, everyone. These people are crazy. Never mind the fact that humans could probably have the capacity, if everybody was on the same sheet of paper, to say, hey, look, we've got a really big problem here. Oh, by the way, the U.S. used to produce enough food to feed the entire world, and now we don't. And that's part of this agenda as well. That's why we have food imported. That's why we have GMOs. That's why we have all of this stuff. It's for population control. Because these circus freaks, with all of their books and all of their great knowledge, think that they're going to save the planet. Never mind the fact that the planet creates its own you know, diseases and stuff to rid of any other pests that are on this planet. Like, you guys are so damn smart. You think you can outsmart the globe? You think that the Earth couldn't find a way, if we were destroying it, to absolutely get rid of us? Which will probably do the job for the Earth itself, but will also ruin the atmosphere and everything else with a nuclear war because we're so freaking crazy. And humans get on these power trips where they just get drunk on power and think they can do everything. So digressing off of that, getting back to the awakening of myself and my friends. Now watching my, watching my wife wake up was pretty cool. She was awake to some of it, but she didn't understand the propaganda. And since I was a marketing major in college, I, I see through propaganda like, um, I guess, like if you had if you had goggles underwater in the ocean as opposed to just opening your eyes. If you just open your eyes under the ocean in the salt water, it seems kind of murky, but you can make out, you know, little blocks or you know, seashells or whatever. You can at least see where the bottom is. And if you put the goggles on or if you put a mask on, now you can see everything clear as day and you see right through it. And that's what I went through. My friend and I used to watch, and this is kind of trailing off topic a little bit, but I guess I was kind of awake before I had the real, you know, the real um, aha moment, I guess. My friend and I, he was marketing major my, himself, we would sit there. And um, and we'd have a couple of beers, and we'd sit there and watch commercials and try to figure out who their target audience was, what they were trying to portray, and you could always figure out what they were trying to do by the colors that they were wearing, the color that the fabric was, you know, the the uh, the setting of the commercial. We knew it all. Now I'm not saying that I'm the smartest guy in the world, but if you take you know four and a half years of marketing and market research. You're going to understand a lot of a lot of stuff, 
because it's not rocket science, everybody. So then I had myself being awake, waking up my wife, and it's not that she doesn't understand. She just didn't. She didn't want to get too wrapped into it because you know everybody has their um. And I heard Bill Cooper say this one time, so I'm going to steal it from him. God rest his soul. Rest in peace, Bill. We know that they murked you, man. I'm so sorry for that. And if you guys want to see some of Bill Cooper's work, you can go to my website we are, or go to my YouTube channel, We Are Not Cattle TV. And um, I've actually got a own little section of his that I've taken all of his videos that I really, really liked, and I put them into a section, and it's under uh, the Bill Cooper playlist. So go check it out on YouTube. Uh, like my YouTube channel if you can. And But he was... He talked about the womb. And I don't know if he's the one that that coined this analogy, but it, it fits. Humans spend their entire nine months in a womb, protected from everything outside. They get fed... They're protected, they're warm, they're cozy, they get nutrients. Everything that they need to develop is supplied by the womb and by the mother in the womb. Excuse me. So what happens when you come out of the womb and you start being forced into this planet that we all inhabit, which to me, and I try to do this at least once a week, and I recommend that you do it as well, go out and look at the stars. I bet you haven't done that in a while. Go out and look at the stars and then think to yourself that you are on a rock in the middle of a galaxy spinning thousands of miles an hour. And somehow, magically, we are still on this rock. And in our perception, we're standing perfectly still. But in reality, we are spinning thousands of miles an hour. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. So what Bill Cooper said is that once we are out of the womb, you try to recreate the womb. And this is where I'm expanding into government because this is where government comes in. Because government understands. People that have created government and people that create um, these structures understand human nature. They've studied it for longer than longer than I've been on this planet probably longer than you have. They're social engineers. They understand what makes humans tick. And they've gotten down to a point where they're so good at it that they can manipulate you and you don't even know it. And what I mean by that is point-of-purchase marketing is probably the easiest way to describe manipulation to someone. Now, if you walk... And you just go and get some stuff at Target or Kroger or wherever you go and shop. And you're going to check out. And you've got all your groceries and you're ready to rock and roll and you're coming home from work or whatever. And then you see a Snickers. And you're like, man, that Snickers looks really good. I think I'll take that. You had no desire when you walked into that grocery store, convenience store, or what have you, to buy that Snickers. But yet you were manipulated by point-of-purchase marketing, strategically placed there because they know that you're going to have to sit there and wait, and they know that you're going to sit there and look around. And all they have to do is catch your eye and have an opportunity, and that's what they do. So 
There's one form of manipulation in just one. Here's a great experiment for you to do if you don't think that you're being manipulated. The next time you go into a convenience store, I want you to count all of the items that are yellow, red, or blue. Yellow and red mostly. Red because it's the most dominant color in the spectrum. It's the one that we recognize first. But yellow because it stands out. Almost every candy is either yellow, orange, brown, one of those three colors. You will never see candy in a green wrapper. You'll see it in blue occasionally, but it'll be like a light blue, like a sky blue. Once again, that's using your perception against you. You're being manipulated constantly. And that's just a really, really simple version. If you want to get into the full-blown manipulation, I should do a whole show on this. The full-blown manipulation of the television. Because that is the... Because you're a captive audience at that point. And they can use flicker rates to put your brain waves at a slower, at a lower state. And people always think I'm crazy when I say that. Hey, just go look up Operation Mockingbird back in the 50s where they were going to use television sets to spy on the public. With little TV cameras in them. Yeah, back in the 50s. The CIA had a plan for that. So don't sit here and tell me that in 2013 that they don't have ways to do that. You know, when the CIA director just said that any digital communication is, you know, we can go look at it. Basically, he said that we're, we're got it, we're data, and they can use third-party data mining vendors, or they can use um, um, Operation or um, Project Echelon, where governments spy on other governments and then trade information back and forth in order to circumvent not spying on their own people. But hey, in America, we're such a free country. They just tell us that they're openly spying on us and grabbing all of our data. That's completely – hey, and the, and the public school with it, so whatever. So that actually really does tie into the womb mentality now. So now you're a human being, and you're outside of the womb, and you're looking for safety. You're looking for, once again, the same things that you just had in the womb. You're looking for safety, and you're looking for nourishment, and you're looking to be protected. And you're looking for comfort, a.k.a. ease. My friend and I talk about this all the time. Um, Americans especially will do whatever is the easiest. If it's easy to just sit there and go along to get along and watch guys in black uniforms drag people out of houses in Boston and not say anything at gunpoint, then just do it because it's easy. So now that you're in your womb and you're an adult, let's say you made it all through high school and you've had your womb punctured a little bit. And Americans have the smallest womb of anybody that I've ever seen because your womb is filled with um, thoughts of terrorism, um, thoughts of, of gun violence, which I read you guys an article on my last show that gun violence is actually down, but the American public thinks it's up because of all the stupid – the stupid gun promos that all these guys are running, trying to go and want to. We want to register. We want to take all the guns off the streets from the bad guys. And I'm so sick of that term. If I hear one more person say "bad guy," I'm going to lose it. 
there's not quote-unquote bad guys. There's humans and other humans. You're not going to freaking use a divide-and-conquer methodology against me. Well, we're the good guys, and we put on uniforms, and we got badges, and we've got cars with lights on them. So we're the good guys, and you guys are the bad guys. It's like cops and robbers, except it's cops and citizens now. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. But some cops get into it. I see these videos all the time where cops will go up and just beat the crap out of somebody for filming them. But yet your dumbass comes up and films them on a squad car video. Wait, what are you doing filming me? Uh, it's my right to film you in public. There's no perception of privacy in, in public. So, and I don't mean to bash police. I, I just I can't get over these these goons. And luckily, I don't have any of them here. But one of the funniest things that actually came about was my friend came down from um, he came down from Maine. I didn't get to actually see him, but um, he's from here originally. Moved up to Maine with his wife and two kids, and he said he loves it up there just because it's a semblance of community, which is what I would like to get to. So anybody out there that wants to build a community with me, please get in contact with me. We need to start doing something like this where we all just get together instead of being in these little pockets and these little cul-de-sacs or whatever where nobody talks to anybody. We need to actually form a community. But you know, digressing off of that, he talks about how he will be up in Maine, and he's probably got – he thinks about ten or 20,000 people in his city, and he says that he might see one cop every couple of months. And I said, how many did you see from the airport ride home to your parents' house, which is about 45 minutes away? He said, I must have seen 11 or 12. So I understand that you want your womb, everybody. I understand that. But at some point, you are going to have to get out of the womb. I've pulled myself out of my womb. I am – listen – if you guys don't think that I don't know that people are listening to this podcast or people that are watching what I'm doing on Facebook, I mean, dude, the the FBI wanted records. Excuse me. No, no, no. No, the IRS wanted records of everybody's Facebook and what they were posting, especially the Tea Party people. Because, yeah, we know you guys are a collection arm for a private banking cartel all across the world. We're not dumb anymore. The game's up. It's The game is up, son. And you guys doing stupid crap like that? That just makes people go, why are they looking into patriot groups? Because we know it's a fraud, guys. We know it's a fraud. Know it, know it, know it, know it, know it. Do I think that we should abolish the Federal Reserve right away? Absolutely. Or at least nationalize it. Hey, there we go. There's a, a simple answer. Eliminate the or eliminate the IRS and then nationalize the Fed. Woohoo! No more eighty billion dollars into a magical furnace that they're not creating. Give us give us a break, man. Give us a break. So you have to step out of your womb, and I know it's difficult because believe me, the police state sounds like it'd be a lot of fun. I know. It sounds like it'd be a lot of fun to have your washing machine spying on you and your smart meter spying on you and having all your cookies tracked by Google and then building a big, you know, gene center or, or um genome center around you where it's the you know, you've got your own little 
basically space on this huge hard drive where they can just pull it up and say, oh, I've got his entire, I've got his entire web history right here. I've got his entire Facebook comment history. I've got his entire YouTube history. I've got everything. Let's see what this kid's all about. So I don't want that. That's not freedom to me. It is nowhere near freedom. But they're doing it without even consulting you as a human. And that should piss you off. It pisses me off. That's why I got active. I'm like, this is garbage. Are you kidding? Oh, and then the new immigration bill, the immigration bill that's going to legalize all the illegals. We're just going to make everything official now. Everything's just going to be official. If I hear official and and if I hear the terms, the next time you guys hear these terms, just go get get ready to get bent over by your government. If you hear official or professional, you're about to get, you know, you're about to get it. Oh, this official. Official? I thought he was elected. Isn't he a servant? No, he's an official. He's with the government. Once again, they are trying to build a class system where it's the government class versus the the slaves, or like we like to refer to ourselves as the citizens. But you're really citizen slaves. You're wage slaves. I'm sorry, guys. We're all wage slaves. But we got a chance here. You got to get out of the womb. You got to get out of the comfort zone. You got to get out and talk to people. Here's a great here's a great idea from what I did. I am doing this everywhere I go and it embarrasses the crap out of my wife. But anytime I have an opportunity to talk to somebody beyond like a hey, how you doing? I explain to people what's going on. Like here here's a good example. I went to my pharmacist today. And I just got done with the gym. I went and played a couple games of basketball and 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 worked out a little bit. So I was probably there for about two hours. I'm exhausted. I, I go in and I'm picking up some medication for my wife, and the pharmacist is back there, and we're just kind of chit chatting back and forth. You know, she's like, "Oh, you look like you got a good workout." And I'm like, "Yeah, I did." And you know, went and did this, and then she goes, "Oh, I can't work out. I got, um, you know, I I got um, some some bulging disc in my lower back." And I'm like, "Ah, oh, that really sucks." And I said, "Well." You know, a lot of it has to do with diet. I'm like, how's your diet? She goes, oh, it's terrible. I'm like, well, you know to stay away from GMOs and and to add nutritional supplements and stuff, right? And she's like, well, yeah, but we just – she goes, I'm just such a picky eater that that it – you know, I'm like, well, then take a supplement and you won't have to eat so much. And, and, And so we started talking back and forth and I was telling her about an elliptical machine and stuff like that. To kind of lessen the blow on the back, I'm like it's you know really low impact. I think you'd be fine. So, you know, she was talking to me about GMOs, and she's like, "Well, what do you know about you know GMOs?" And I said, "Well, uh, I'm like, how long do you got?" But that was really nice to have somebody just be inquisitive. Well, what are you talking about with GMOs? Like, what can I what can I do? And and the other and the other I don't think they were the pharmacists. They were like the um, assistants or whatever. But um, the other lady was like, yeah, I only shop at either Trader Joe's or Whole Foods. And she's like, and I can tell a difference. I'm like, of course you can tell a difference. You're not eating, you're not eating Roundup. <laughs> I mean, if, if I walked up to you, think about this. This is how crazy the GMOs are, all right? And I'll get into these a little bit later on because this is part of the global agenda. 
And no, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I can actually just read and discern for myself. So I don't believe everything that CNN and, and MSNBC and, and my government brainwashing facility taught me, you know, from K through 12. So, yeah, I guess anything that's outside of the main line, once again, anything that's outside of the womb of the media, and the media has its own womb, I guess, anything outside of the womb of the media. So I guess we got to all go insert ourselves into the womb, and then they tell us, you know, MSNBC and Fox and CNN tell us all what we need to know, and then you just take that, and then you go back out, and you pop out of the womb, and then you go into your other womb, and then go to work and do all that other stuff. And then you go into your sports womb and everything's fine. So you're just surrounded by all of this fakeness. Not realizing that there is an agenda going on far beyond your imagination. That you have an opportunity to help change the course of history for the human civilization. For the human species, excuse me. That to me is exciting. That's what wakes me up. That's what gets me talking to people. Who gives a rip what they think of you? If they think you're a conspiracy theorist or whatever they want to label you, and then they get outside of their womb one day and they hear somebody else say it, because this is what's going to happen. If you say it to somebody and then somebody else says it to them, somebody else and somebody else and somebody else, eventually they're going to say, man, there might be something to this. So get out of your womb, everybody. Get out of the womb. But... Here's a, here's a good analogy for the GMO analogy, and then I'm going to trail back off, and I, I'm going to start with some history, and then we're going to work towards um, what's happening in our country, and then we're going to expand out of that into what's happening all over the globe and why it's happening all over the globe. And then I'm going to bring up my friend Daryl, and we're just going to have a conversation for the last 30 minutes. Because this is what it's about. It's about having conversations with people. It's about having fun. You you gotta have fun doing this stuff, guys. Otherwise, you're gonna end up you can end up driving yourself crazy. There's no, I mean, you can get mad about it, but don't get mad about it for too long because it'll make you it'll make you crotchety and it'll make you like somebody that nobody wants to be around. You have to make it. Once again, I've, I've talked about this before on my show, but when I go and protest the Fed, I make it funny. I make it fun. I don't get in people's face and try to give them stuff. And that doesn't do anything. You have to make it funny. You have to make it fun. You have to make it something that people want to get involved in. It's like, hey, don't you want to come in for the, you know, don't you want to come in and, and knock down the Federal Reserve? And they're like, what do you mean knock down the Federal Reserve? I'm like, don't you want to, don't you want to take these guys out? That's a private group of bankers right there. Like, oh, what are you talking about? I hear you. Well, if you don't believe me, just read this and come back in like 15, 20 minutes and, and we'll talk. But most people are in their little wombs and they're just kind of trotting along. So, man, I've been chatting for a while. I'm going to get into some of this stuff here in a minute. i got tons of clips here. But... That's what wakes me up. That's what gets me going is the fact that we are fighting an overpopulation agenda with people like Bill Gates and those guys that we're going to get to our goal of zero growth. And everybody's like, yay, zero growth. Dude, we are not going to have a population problem. These guys are crazy. Crazy. But here's my analogy for the GMOs. I kind of got sidetracked on that. Sorry about that. Here's a good idea. Next time that you go into a supermarket and buy corn, 
Go after you, after you go to the supermarket and buy corn. Uh, corn's a great one because it's uh, I think like ninety three percent of corn. I'll actually look this up during one of the um, during one of the clips. Ninety three percent of the corn, I think, and it's something like ninety four percent of the soybeans on the planet. Don't quote me on these, but it's over ninety percent for all of them. RGMO. And so here is the and here's what happens with this BT corn. What they do, BT is a is the active. I think it's the active ingredient in Roundup. I'll have to get that clarified. But what they do is they plant these corn crops and then they go over these corn crops and crop dust them with Roundup. Yes, Roundup, the stuff that you used to see on your shelf in the '80s that said "Do not drink; it is poison." But now we eat it and everything's fine. The government says it's fine. Everything's fine. Have you guys done any long-term side effect studies on it? No, we're not allowed to do any studies outside of 90 days, but we assure you that it's fine. Hey, what about the rise in all these gut disorders and all that stuff? Do you think that might be attributed to the food and the food supply? Listen, we did our 90-day study. Everything's fine. There's a lot of money to be made here. Just get back in your womb and go to sleep. So the next time you're in your store and you go and you buy yourself some corn, why don't you make another trip to Lowe's and just go into the pesticide aisle, unscrew the cap of of um, of Roundup, and just dip your corn in the Roundup. Just dip it right in there. I mean, hey, it's good for them to spray it on it. It's good for the plants to absorb it and then put it through the system so it actually goes into the kernels that you eat. Have you guys ever seen the the pictures of – they'll have – and you can just um, Google search this if you want. I hate those guys because they're the NSA, but whatever. Um, search engine this. Excuse me. Search engine picture GMO corn next to um, natural corn or organic corn. And what they've done is they've put two stalks of corn up. And the deer have come by and absolutely destroyed all of the corn that's on the organic side. And the Roundup side has gotten like three bites taken out of it, and they haven't even touched it. But it's safe for us to eat, everybody. Because remember, the death rate solution in which we raise in the death rate through famine, pestilence, and war, the problem could have been avoided... By the population, by the population, if mankind consciously adjusted the birth rate so that the death rate solution did not have to occur. So it's all our fault, and we deserve it. I guess that's the way they look at. It. We deserve this. They deserve that. They were they just were irresponsible with with having too many babies. It's like Ted Turner talking about here. Here I got the Ted Turner clip right here. Overpopulation. I'm kind of bouncing onto this overpopulation thing, but that's the whole that's the whole kit and caboodle. I mean that's the whole thing, and I was sitting up last night, and I was um, I was talking to actually I was talking to my wife this morning, and I said you know what, it it hit me like a like a like a ton of bricks yesterday after I watched um, Bill Cooper's lecture for four and a half hours for the second time, I completely missed this the first time, and um, I'm sitting there watching it and I'm like, oh my god, that's it. That's the whole enchilada right there, and I could not believe it. And I'm just sitting there going, my Lord, they really do want to destroy us. 
And they're doing it to save the earth, or at least they say it's to save the earth. And it doesn't look like I've loaded up this... Um, oh, here it is. Here's the Ted Turner population control. So this is Ted Turner, once again, has five kids worth billions of dollars, started CNN, now completely probably taken over by the CIA. Could, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that network. You guys are losing people like crazy. you got people like Pierce Morgan on there that are just absolute idiots and collectivist morons. So... So here's Ted Turner on overpopulation. And remember, this guy has five kids. So, Ted, if you're so worried about overpopulation, dude, just start stringing them up. You got five of them. Be, hey, be a leader. Be a leader. Go out there and lead. Show us how to reduce population. So here you go. We've got to stabilize the population. When I was born, no, there were So too, what's wrong with the population? I mean, there were too many people. That's, what, that's why we have global warming. We have global warming because too many people are using too much stuff. But they if there were less people, they'd be using less but stuff. It, you know. We're altering the climate and, and the world in so many different ways. And, and, and what we're doing is, is reducing the Earth's carrying capacity so that each year the, 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 the natural world gets poorer and, and less able to support the increasing number of people. You, we have a finite world, but an infinite ability to increase our population. We've got to stabilize population on a voluntary basis. Everybody in the world has got to pledge to themselves that one or two children is it. Right. And, 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 uh, and we've got to do that because otherwise all the gains that we make in redoing our uh, energy system are going to be erased by population increase. All right, dude. So which three of your children are going to get murked? Remember, you're only allowed to have one or two children. See, this is what I can't stand about elites up there lecturing to everybody. They drive me absolutely crazy. You're going to sit up there and lecture us about how many kids that we have and we're the problem and all this stuff. You know, we're the problem. And you guys, you, Ted Turner, CNN, you know, you were going to be, you were going to be the anti-establishment news. And instead you have just... Fully engulf the establishment. Fully. You are the establishment. I mean, you are collectivist. You're, you're all of it. Hey, we're gonna go to the we're gonna go to the you know the trials on. Um, this was so funny. I was laughing my butt off. We're gonna go. We're gonna go to the hearings about um, about Benghazi. We're gonna go to those hearings. And after two minutes, oh, we're gonna cut away now. We're gonna. Cut away to this special report on this is this is really boring stuff, you know, that that the president and or not the president that that they had prior knowledge that they had, you know, drones in the air and they had troops available and they had to stand down for eight hours. You know, none of this isn't really I mean, the fact that you just basically turned your back on a turned your back on an on an American embassy, that does that's not an issue. It's not really an issue. What is an issue are these three ladies that were held captive. That is just a really gut-wrenching story. That's really gut-wrenching. But I can't stand elitists when they get up there and talk to us and lecture us about what we need to be doing. Listen, you know, I don't have to – I'm going to have to try to get this guy on the show. But Joe Rogan had a guy on his podcast that was um, a population expert. And he's he goes over to China and helps people. Um, he tries to help children get adopted and stuff like that because of their one-child policy. He understands how bad it is. 
And he was talking about how we're going to have population troubles, and we've already we already understand that here in the United States we have less than a two percent um, a two percent or less than two people replacement rate. So that means that you need to have like two point two or two point one. I can't remember what the actual number is in order to you know account for fatalities and stuff like that to just stabilize the population. So, Ted, remember, we've already stabilized the population here in the U.S., but I forgot. The problem could have been avoided in which mankind would have consciously adjusted the birth rate so that the death rate solution did not have to occur. So you're already murking us. Why don't you just go ahead and – I don't understand why you guys got to act like this is all secret, secret stuff. This is super secret. Hehe, <laughs> we're killing them and they don't know it. Oh, we know it, dude. We know that you're a bunch of murdering criminals. We know that. It's like, ugh. And I and I had a clip. I don't even think I got to pull it up. I don't. I, I actually know I didn't know. Where Daryl Issa was questioning Eric Holder, and he was like, "You know, you got a lot of nerve. I don't know what it is about your about this particular this particular administration that anytime they really really screw up, like Eric Holder, dude, come on, man." Oklahoma City, you were the deputy director, or you were the um, you weren't the um, you weren't the head of the DOJ, but you were like right under them. So let's see, Oklahoma City that was staged. There's a great documentary on that, by the way. Um, Oklahoma City that was staged, false flag attack, and then you have um, Fast and Furious, which was a false flag on the Second Amendment, running guns down there and saying, oh, we forgot to put the batteries in the GPS. Come on. And then you have Benghazi. How come your ass is in every one of these things? And I know that I'm talking about the, 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 the biggest lawyer in all of the land. Listen, if John Corzine can steal $2 billion out of segregated accounts and think that he got away with it and not get persecuted and not go to jail... These guys think that it's free game that we're a bunch of chumps. And I'm not I'm not a chump, dude. I'm not a sheep. I'm not part of the herd. I am out on my own. And if you guys think that like all your intimidation factors and stuff like that and your black uniforms and your armored vehicles and your you know, the training to send us all to internment and internment settlement Re-education camps or whatever through your you know army documents think that they're going to scare us. Come on, this is America, dude. America. Now this is America, son. And I like how it's like anybody that follows the Tea Party wants limited taxes and limited government. We need to investigate them. Wait a minute. Did you guys fail history class? Because I could have sworn that that's what this government was like set up for, and we didn't have an income tax. Because we knew that as soon as a private bank loaned our company, our country money at interest, it said, excuse me, it said company, and it's actually true. We are a corporation of the United States. Funding mercs all over the world, you know, mineral grabs and everything. It's so, God, we are so loving. And everybody around the world loves us. So, I mean, I should just stop the podcast right here because everybody around the world loves us. Everything's fine. And just, I'm in the womb right now. I, I need to try to get. Maybe I should make like a fake American womb that everybody could just get into, and then on the inside of the womb, you could zip yourself in there. On the inside of the womb, you can have like Us Weekly and In Touch Magazine and Sports Illustrated and um, yeah, whatever. Just high times just for the fun of it.
you know, because cause that's because smoking a plant's terrorism. You know, smoking smoking a plant that's illegal for really dumb reasons is is terrorist, especially when the government sends it to somebody uh, in order to treat their cancer openly, openly treat their cancer, but then they say that it has no medicinal effects and they fight it everywhere. It's just just complete hypocrisy. Oh, and I'll read that to you as well. So I've got all these things. Man, I'm crunching up on the time here. So now that I've touched on pretty much everything that I wanted to just lay the foundation for, and we'll get to the global population agenda because that's really cool. But I do want to play a clip now. We're going to go back in history, and we're going to start trying to figure out and piece together where all this world government police state crap came from. And if you want to get super technical, the, the growth of government happened during FDR and Woodrow Wilson with the institution of the uh, the loving – God, they, they love you so much – of the Federal Reserve Act. They – they just love you. They're so good to you. The Federal Reserve Act, back under Wilson – and then under FDR, we had the establishment of the Department of Education. Progressive. No, communist. Try again. Progressive. Communism. Communist manifesto. Those are two of the planks. I did not fail history. But I do sometimes mess up. So from time to time, guys, you'll hear me say something, and believe me, I, 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 I mean to say the right things, and sometimes it comes out a little squirrely, and I'll try to correct myself. So it's a free-form show. I'm sorry. I don't have any notes or anything in front of me. All I have are articles that I can pull up on, um, on my uh, little sheet here. But this is a speech that John F. Kennedy gave talking about He's basically talking about the secret government, and everybody's like, oh, secret government, you're one of those tinfoil hat-wearing guys. Let me ask you a question. Do you really think that our deficit is $16 trillion? Where do all these hundreds of billions of dollars go every year for black funds that you're not allowed to see because it's, quote-unquote, national security? It's national security that we have to steal all your money and go put it into these – new energy sources and try to find ways to do space travel and stuff like that. Never tell the public because the public's too stupid. We're just going to put the space shuttle that you saw back um, from the time in the 1970s. We're going to put that one up there and launch that one up in the sky, and we're going to keep launching and launching and launching, and everybody's going to go, yay, yay, we orbited the moon, we did a spacewalk. Hey, why do you guys have a bunch of underground seed vaults and bunkers and stuff like that all under the Ozarks? Why do you guys have that? Why do you guys have one of the largest military bases underneath the uh, the rocks in Cheyenne Mountain. Why is that? Oh, because the new military bases are going to be all underground. That was a plan back in the 50s. Ta-da! Once again, I'm a conspiracy theorist because I can read, and I don't believe the government womb. That's what I'm going to start calling it now, the government womb. As soon as we get into the womb, everything's fine. Ah, in the government womb. Feed me, pay my cable bills, give me a cell phone, got Obama phone. Ah, the womb. It's really sick. 
Okay, so here's the JFK speech, and this will give me time to sip my wine. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. No, everything's fine. That guy has to be a conspiracy theorist. Who was that? Oh, wait, that was a president? Hmm. That's outside of the government womb, though. I mean, that's conspiracy theory, isn't it? To have a secret society and and have a clandestine operation with a breakaway civilization? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds like a conspiracy theorist to me. Oh, no, that was the president. And what happened to him? Oh, yeah, Executive Order 11110 got you murked by those guys that were, you know, hitting up the Tea Party. Those guys. So I'm going to have my friend, uh, I think this is him on the line here. I'm going to have my friend, I'm going to have a couple of guys pop in here. I got my friend Robert on the line here for a second. But, um, here is uh, here is another clip that I think that we need to really once again going back into history. I already preset everything by talking about my awakening, talking about the government womb and stuff like that, and how we need to get people out of their womb and get into reality. Which reality is not football all the time. It is not living, eating, and drinking sports. 
reality is getting out and getting involved and being involved in your community, being involved in politics, being involved in stopping the global depopulation agenda. So, I mean, we heard Ted Turner before. There's too many people. I've got five kids, but you guys need to stop having babies because you guys are the problem, you little, you know, you little rodents. But here's a clip from Eisenhower's farewell speech. Once again, another conspiracy theorist trying to warn us about the military-industrial complex and – which is what everybody cuts it off at. It's like, oh, the military-industrial complex. No, the scientific global elite that are right behind it. And that's the other part of the speech that you really have to understand. There is a scientific global conspiracy, not like conspiracy theory. It is a, a true conspiracy. And home and then after that I'm gonna put I'm gonna play the um the clip on energy. Actually I'll bring up him for that and then I'll mute him and then I'll play the clip on free energy because I know that all you guys are thinking, Oh well this is just all you know, this is all just esoteric crap. No, this is real life, dude. This is real life. I'm not just sitting here behind the behind the computer, you know, pressing buttons think because because I want to. If I wanted, to, if I thought this was all esoteric mumbo jumbo, I would be in. I would be in corporate sales, not trying to do what I'm doing now, not trying to wake up humanity and say, "Hey, look, we've got a lot of potential. We've got free energy sources that they've been suppressing for over 50 years. We need to find out. We need to make this stuff, and we need to tell these oil companies and all these other conglomerates that are causing all this hardship all over the world to go pound sand. And I'm sorry if you work for one of the big oil conglomerates, we'll find you a job elsewhere." This is this is it. This is the time for it. Because if they go for the internet with all this internet kill switch and CISPA and SOPA and whatever, you know, whatever stupid thing they're going to come out with next week, you've got to be on top of your game for this. How would you like to try to go to the Drudge Report and it says, oh, I'm sorry, error 404, this server cannot be found. You try to go everywhere but CNN, error, 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 404, 404, 404. You try to go to... Um, you try to go to wearenotcattle.net, error 404. So here's the Eisenhower clip, and then I think this is Robert on the line. I'll pull him up. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists hmm. and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. Too late, dude. We should take nothing for granted. No. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense with our peaceful methods and goals so that security and liberty may prosper together. Gee, I wonder why we don't have any liberty. Let me pull up the color here. All right. All right, caller, you are on the air. Is this Robert? Yes, it is, sir. What's happening, everybody? Robert, from, and I don't know how to pronounce your last name, man. I'll butcher it. How do you pronounce your last name? Wasmond. All right, Robert Wasmond from the Journalistic Revolution. That's correct, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so just really quickly, Robert, I've um just recapping the show that I've done so far. I talked about my awakening, uh, the people around me's awakening. I've talked about what I'm going to now steal Bill Cooper's line. I'm going to call it the government womb, and that is 
if you ever get scared or you can't pay your electric bill or you really, really, you know, somebody stages a fake terror attack, you can always go into the government womb and they will keep you safe. <laughs> that's pretty good, right? No, it, that, I think that's a good analogy, or at least that's how a lot of people feel towards it. Yeah, exactly, because government is there to protect us. It's not there to make sure that we have our civil liberties and, and that we get due process. It's there to protect you. Ann Coulter even well, yeah. said that. She said, she said, government's job first and foremost is to protect us. Wait a minute. I, I thought it was to protect our civil liberties. I thought that's – and ensure due process. So now we get neither of those. That's great. But we can have a big police state. That's cool. Yeah, and and, and, and people welcome it. I mean I hate to quote uh, a, a sci-fi movie, but I think uh, it was best said in Star Wars – um, where uh, Princess Padme or uh, whatever said, uh, so this is how democracy dies, with cheers yep. and applause. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, cheers and applause. Yay! Go freedom! But what I'm trying to do, Robert, is I'm trying to get people up to speed on where, where we have progressed as a society. And what I've tried to do is basically set them up from a historical standpoint, I played a um, JFK speech where he talks about the um, the secret societies and, and the secret um, – basically, he, he talks about the shadow government that is that is pretty much running the planet and giving themselves infinite amounts of money through the, through the Federal Reserve and creating fiat currency and then utilizing that and funneling it into black programs, which the American public isn't allowed to know about because of, quote-unquote, national security. And he talks about how dangerous that is, even in his speech, how dangerous the, quote-unquote, label of national security is. But what I want to get from you is your perspective on this. Have you seen the Thrive movie yet? Have you seen that? The which one? The Thrive. It's called Thrive. Have you seen that yet? No, I have not. Okay, it's a documentary film that I highly recommend to everybody. It is worth it is worth the ten dollars that you're going to spend. You can watch it online. It's ten dollars to rent it, but the or actually I think they do the donation. Sirius is the one that you you have to get charged ten dollars. Excuse me. Thrive Movement, you can watch it and you can do a donation. I donated five dollars. But what it does is it basically breaks down things that you and I already know, Robert. People that have done deep research or or at least somewhat of research have done. Understand that there is a there is a global monopoly on on force and there's a global monopoly on oil, and so that what they've done is in the past they've repressed these new energy technologies that were available. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a clip from I'm going to play a clip from this is from Sirius, but uh, I highly recommend the Thrive movie. Um, one of my friends turned it on to me um, a couple of weeks ago. He said you got to go check it out. But um, like I said, you can watch it for free or you can donate. But um, highly recommend that and highly recommend the serious documentary as well because all of the proceeds that you do if you go and watch the serious documentary, all the proceeds go to helping fund a free energy laboratory. But here is the clip that I'm going to play. It's about two and a half minutes, Robert, so I'm going to put you on hold for one second, and then I'm going to bring you back up after the end of this, okay? Yeah, no problem. Energy scientists today are attempting to find new ways to define the relationship between electricity, gravity, magnetism and propulsion but as history has shown change does not always come easy it's like newton's why is that apple falling nobody ever asked that question before or even tried to come up with an answer and newton comes up with something called newton bucket or newton's problem the only guy that solves it 300 years later is einstein so you know how smart can we be if you look at everything normal within the conventional wisdom, you're not going to learn anything new. 
We're using a, a magnet, magnetic field that's rotating about the axis with the hope of generating a magnetic vortex. Electric charge and gravitational mass are coupled, and that by building devices that harness these interactive forces, we could create advanced propulsion. Nikolai Tesla and Thomas Edison won the Nobel Prize in physics, but both refused it. Tesla was at the end of a long career of inventing. He had advanced technology in the fields of X-ray, radio waves, internal combustion, and, of course, atmospheric electricity. When everything was said and done, he had earned 112 U.S. patents. He proved that electricity can travel wirelessly in the air and ultimately died penniless. However, his work did influence many others, most notably Lester Hendershot and Dr. T. Henry Moray. Moray is Hendershot a bomb diggity. Electronic generator to energize an impossible flight if fueled by gas that took Charles Lindbergh and the Spirit of St. Louis from New York to Paris. Dr. T. Henry Moray developed the Moray Valve, a device for extracting radiant energy from the zero-point field, and demonstrated this device hundreds of times and had <laughs> dozens of signed affidavits supporting his science. Yet in the end, even these two notable scientists were ignored and bullied. Dr. Moray's device was hammered down and broken <clears throat> into pieces by a competitor, and before he could finish reconstruction, he passed away of natural causes. Hendershot fled to Mexico to continue work, but was found dead at 61 years of age, attributed to suicide. Gee, I wonder what happened to those guys. Hmm, let me think. <laughs> I created a free energy source which pulls ra radiant energy out of the zero magnetic field, which is theoretically impossible, but yet I've done it, and I've created basically energy out of nothing. So, gee, I wonder what happened to these guys. Well, do you know the up-and-coming electric universe theory? No, I don't. Um, expand on that for us. Yeah. Um, it, it's a new theory that's actually gaining a lot of uh, ground and 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 clout um, in in scientific circles. Um, that the 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 universe is electric in basis. Uh, our well, sun is sense. electric, mm -hmm. uh, uh, which we we know that pretty much to be true now because we were all taught in school that the sun was a big ball of fire, and now we know it's just superheated electric plasma. And um, that's conspiracy and, theory, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that goes against the establishment, it's, it's got to be conspiracy theory because it's once again, it's outside of the protected womb that we have all been raised in from the K through 12. And this was my whole purpose for my big diatribe was that the K through through 12 is a womb, and then after you get out of life, you know you have your government womb and you have your mainstream media womb. But I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I, I just wanted you to understand my analogy there. So go ahead, continue. No, that's that, that's a good analogy. You know, I mean, anybody who uh, it, free thought has become uh, a that's conspiracy theory. Form. That's it's, conspiracy. It's a conspiracy theory. Yeah. You know, and and I don't actually subscribe to any one conspiracy theory. I just mm -hmm. question official stories. That's you know? conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, I know. But anyway, the whole the, the, there's this guy called Suspicious Observer. He's actually we, he's our weatherman on our website at journalisticrevolution.com. We post mm -hmm. his video every day. Mm -hmm. uh, he's actually figured out um, how to predict earthquakes, not like where they're going to be mm -hmm. or 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 their uh, you know um, exact times, 
but by the electromagnetic field of the sun in, align, uh, in alignment with our other planets can pull on our crust and he can predict when we're going to have an uptick of six-pointer or higher earthquakes, all from electromagnetic fields. Well, that makes sense. I mean, if you if you think about the basis, and that's what one of these, um, and that's what the Thrive Movement is about. I think anybody that's interested in these kind of topics will really, really dig that Thrive Movement because what it is is it's basically talking about how we're all just little energy fields, which is okay. So, side note, Robert, you don't know anything like about this, uh, or you don't know anything about this. But um, when I was nine years old, I got caught in a riptide, and I actually drowned and had an out-of-body experience. Now, what I experienced at that point in time, I did not experience the Golden Gates. I didn't experience any of that. I didn't experience heaven. I did not experience that. But what I did experience is the best way to describe it is an energy transfer. And I still had conscious thought. I still I still could um, sense. It was like um, everything was everything – was, I was completely conscious but yet outside of my body. And I know that people will probably say that's like DMT or whatever that is. You know, right before you pass, you have this, you know, euphoric experience, but it was nothing like that. And everybody that I've talked to before that's drowned, I have a bunch of friends that are surfers, and pretty much everybody's going through the the point where they've even got hit by a really big rip. One of my brother's friends actually was riding one of the biggest waves in history. He, it's between him and this other guy. Um, who rode the biggest wave in history. I think it was like 85 feet or something like that. And he wiped out on the 85-foot wave, and he was underwater for three minutes, and he went through the exact same thing that I went through, even the out-of-body experience, the whole thing. And he and I both talked about it at length about how we're not afraid of dying because it's just an energy transfer. And I think that really speaks to what this guy is talking about and also what these other documentaries are starting to say now is that we're starting to look at we're starting to look at the universe and ourselves and all these other things in a, in a completely different light, almost through a different lens. And it's really freaking out the establishment because the establishment wants you to stay on oil. They want you to, you know, because they're making billions of profits off of that. It's a couple trillion dollar industry, so they don't want to be bankrupt. So um, expand on what this guy was talking about, about the energy fields. Is that is that like the extent of it or does it get a little bit deeper than that? It gets a whole lot deeper than that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would recommend uh, looking into his Stuff, but that's uh, well. Go ahead and go ahead and stuff. plug it. Go ahead and plug it so everybody can listen. You know, everybody can check it out. Yeah, it's Suspicious Observer. It's he has his own YouTube channel. It's uh, but Observer is spelled with a zero in the beginning instead of an O. Okay. Um, and he does a four-minute news every morning at six thirty in the morning, and does weather. He does uh, uh, regular weather, then he does space weather, and then he mm-hmm. talks about you know CMEs uh, and solar flares and what's going on in the universe. He also blamed. Now, did he mention something about the big solar flares that are that are starting up um, that started up over the last couple of days? Yeah, well, that's because we're leaving our solar minimum, and we're 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 now going into our solar maximum. So oh, okay. he's not too concerned about it. No, no, no that's fair. Because you know it, it, it's part of the cycle. Yeah. Um, but what concerns him? His big message is that our electromagnetic fields on our planet are so weak right now that we're actually very susceptible to a CME or a solar flare that sure. could potentially knock out uh, power grids across the globe. Yeah, and that would be for – and that's the, – guys, that's not like a simple go to your computer and reboot. That's like a two-year process to reboot the entire energy grid. Yeah, it, I mean, when when um, when FEMA and them talk about uh, – because they, they uh, have contingency plans, so to speak, for this type of thing – 
And yeah, whenever just like you they have contingency plans to put us in camps and stuff. Yeah, they got them all. <laughs> exactly. And they, um, but their um, their contingency plans, when they talk about repair, are in years, mm-hmm. not days or weeks. No, no, no. no. And know? people have to understand that because. Here, here's a good example, and you guys can look this up. Um, there was a hacker that actually took down the the grid, the power grid down in Brazil because somebody – he just wanted to see if he could do it. And he took down the power grid for like three days, and everything stopped. It was, it was, it was amazing of what happens, and you have to realize how energy dependent we are. And that's why all of these new energy sources and stuff like that to me are absolutely fascinating because when the way that they depict these – and and Robert, you'll love it because when you watch the documentary, they basically just all he has to do is there's a couple of different variations of this of this um of these uh, free energy sources, basically creating radiant energy out of nothing and 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 defying centrifugal force by using magnetic fields. And so what he does is he's got this little it's like a little knob in the middle of a, a bunch of different. Um, magnets that are all probably different polarities or whatever in order to keep this thing spinning and he just barely turns it and it sits there and spins up and it turns a light bulb on and he just barely spins this thing and it keeps generating more and more and more electricity so their theory is is that we the biggest problem in the entire world today is the lack of energy it, it provides for a lack of not being able to pump clean water it um it allows people to have air conditioning i mean all of these different things now if we could solve that problem that would be a huge leap for mankind, but then you have all of these, and this is this is where I was kind of going with this, so I'm kind of glad you called in. We have all of these different vested people with a humongous vested interest, people, vested beyond what you can even comprehend because most of these guys that run these mega corporations like the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds, they're worth more than most countries. And then yeah. – and then you look at what they could lose with their monopoly on the um, the oil industry because that would pretty much make oil obsolete. So that would solve but, everybody's problem. That would solve all the, you know, the the environmentalists. What everybody would get up and cheer, and and basically humanity would get up and cheer. Save these, you know, probably, you know, in super class he says it's like six thousand altogether, but it, and it's like twenty families that basically run the world. I would say. You know, ten of the big boys would be really, really pissed off, and they just don't want it to happen. So we have to start these dialogues about this being out there, and you have to reach the critical mass of humanity, and not just let a bunch of like, not just let a bunch of Ted Turners tell you you need to have less kids, and he can have five. I mean, go, 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 fly a kite, dude. I mean, come on, for real. Well, it's funny that you bring it up and and you frame it in such a way because one of the other things that Suspicious Observer um, uh, has a theory on is he has an alternate theory for why we're going through climate change. He actually thinks that it's um, it's extra solar, meaning that it's some sort of event that is taking place outside of our solar system that is changing the the atmosphere, the magnetic field, and the environments of all the planets, including our sun. It couldn't be all those nuclear weapons they tested test in the atmosphere back in the 50s, could it? I mean, what? this is what drives me absolutely crazy. Everybody's like, oh, global warming. I'm like, listen, let me explain something to you. Your government was so freaking arrogant back in the 50s that they detonated over 200 nuclear weapons in the atmosphere trying to blow up the Van Allen radiation belt so that we could do space travel. 
These are not the these are and they're like, well, if you, if you ionize the atmosphere, what if what if we lose the ozone? Like, there's nothing, there's no big deal. I mean, they turn into the guy from Caddyshack. It's like, ah, it's no big deal. Come on, what are, what are we what do we need an atmosphere for? Come on. Well, his his thing is, is he thinks that this is a part of a cycle. And no, that, no, I, um, I, no, that has been the the way that I have seen the graphs. And of course, I've seen a couple of different ones. But the way that I've seen the graphs on the on the weather on on the climate change and stuff, you know, you had a big spike like this back in the Middle Ages. You had a big spike in heat back in the Mid Ages, and then they just came out a couple of weeks ago. I'll have to find the article and send it to you. I want you to fact check it because that's what you guys are good at. But there was an article that came out a couple of weeks ago. They're like, "Oh, we're going to have 200 years of cooling," so they can't say global warming anymore. They just say climate change. Well, climate change can mean anything. Well, shit, it was you know it was 80 degrees here in Atlanta today, and then yesterday it was 75. That's climate change. I mean, <laughs> why why would you use such an ambiguous term in order to get everybody under under your little control grid? And it it drives me crazy. These control freaks well, what's, drive what's me. Well, funny is they even stole that language from the anti-global warming people. Oh yeah, uh, because, oh yeah. You know, yeah I was one of those. I was using the term climate change when everybody was still using global warming because it was more truthful. But now they use it and and you know double speak. You know how they do. Uh, now they use it uh, something that we took as a combative to the entire theory and made it a positive for their entire theory. Oh, cool. What, what was that word you used? It started with a T. I'm sorry. I'm so conditioned by the government. I can't remember what what it's called again. It's. Uh, uh, I, tr- I have tr- no idea what you're talking about. Truth. <laughs> there we go. Sorry, I, I had to really. I had to get out of my little. My little um, my womb there, but so yeah. Briefly, thanks for calling in, man. Briefly, tell the people about what you guys do over the journalistic revolution. Plug your uh, plug your show a little bit, and um, because I know I I think are you guys doing a show tonight? Yeah, we're actually doing one at uh, eleven tonight. All right, so plug your show really quick for anybody that's listening live. If they want to go over there and jump on and check you guys out, um, what's your show? Where they can find you? Uh, websites, all that good stuff. All right. Well, you can always uh, find us at journalisticrevolution.com. Uh, you can go to YouTube, Facebook, or Blog Talk. All type in Journalistic Revolution, and you will find us there. Uh, of course, we have links at the website. And what we do is we're striving to be an open source news organization that allows all citizens, all citizen journalists, a place to publish their articles and their videos. And the, what we'll do for you is fact check you if it is. If it turns out what you're saying is unfactual or there's a misquote, we will send it back to you mm-hmm. with the sources that we use for you mm-hmm. to either correct it and, or, or send us back your sources to combat it, and then we will publish it for uh, anybody and giving them full credit, of course. So you're basically just a big group of thought criminals. Yes. <laughs> we, we are... <laughs> and and it's great because right now we have a uh, you know we don't have many contributors but we have everywhere from ex-military to just uh, you know an old Republican to an ex-Democrat all now contributing to the site so it's a real eclectic group everything from philosophical libertarians to mm-hmm. liberty Republicans mm-hmm. you know all all in different levels of maturity and liberty if you will. Well, see that's what it, and that's what I try to get through to my show is that everybody. 
everybody has a different way of portraying liberty and portraying the truth. You know, everybody has their different um I don't know if it's a different way, but I think everybody has their you know, their their means of communicating with other human beings. Now mine is that I'm going to take a more calm approach. I'm going to laugh at a bunch of stuff all the time and I'm going to make jokes and I'm going to say some profanity every once in a while. Because sometimes it really does either really piss me off or sometimes it makes me laugh to the point where I can't believe that these guys are such criminals. I mean, just look at what's going on in our government right now. And that's one of the things that I think is just so fascinating is that you have people like Jon Stewart even coming out and calling out President Barack Obama, which if you look at the structure of his show, it is very it is a very liberal-centric show if you want to put people in those little boxes. And so what what you're seeing now is you're seeing people from and and the clip I'll have to send it to you Robert it is just I'll share it with you after this on on Facebook you'll you'll die laughing but is basically this the one where he was where he keeps throwing away the paper because uh, how he's all like you can't believe these people and then uh, he goes you keep vindicating the conspiracy theorists no 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 I'll have to see that one but this one was um gosh I just saw it today and it was um it was about the uh, the hearings and stuff like that and they get um they're like you get one and this is so listen this is how free our society is okay the president comes up he's in the mix of three scandals right you got uh, Fast and Furious which is somewhat blown over you've got um, Benghazi and then you've got this um you know the 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 criminal elements of the you know, or the private excuse me the private collection agency of the Federal Reserve coming out and targeting Tea Party people basically people that want lower taxes like wait a minute you're you're messing with our bottom line go out and harass those people or don't let them have don't let them have permits to get a um to get a what was it for it was for tax most of our yeah tax exempt status yeah which is I mean, come on. Anybody can get a tax exempt status, except, I guess, unless you, you know, promote lower taxes and want in the Federal Reserve, they probably don't like that too much. But what <laughs> happens is he he gets up there and he says, uh, okay, and they say it's him and David Cameron come out. They come out together and guess how many questions the journalists get to ask the jur- wait all the entire room of journalists. Guess how many questions? Out of the entire room. Yes. I'd say five. You get one question. Out I'm of not the entire joking. Room. You get out of the entire group of reporters. You get one question, not one question individually. I will take one question. No, and I'm going to pick the guy that we scripted three hours. Of ago. course, of course. <laughs> no, this girl actually, she actually rattles off like three questions. And it's like, you know, when did you find out about? Um, when did you find out about? The IRS targeting uh, patriot groups, and he's like, I found out the same way you guys did. I think it was on uh, Friday when it came out in the news, and then and then uh, John Stewart's like, well, that's okay. I mean, I guess that makes sense. And then he goes back to um, it's like flashes back to a couple of weeks ago. It's like, when did you find out about Benghazi? Well, I think it was about the same time that the public found out. And it's like, and then it goes back again. It's like, when did you find out about Fast and Furious? I found out the same way you guys did by watching the news. It's, it's like, <laughs> these guys are like children on the playground, and they think that we're all a bunch of chumps. They're like, hey, it's like, you knew about this. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't know it. Mm-mm. Nuh-uh. It's like, we're, we're, big, we're playing, we're playing a big, big game. game of I know you are, but what am I? Say so what now? Yeah, exactly. I rubber your glue kind of crap. It's like, no, 
Eric Holder didn't know about it. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. You know, Matthew, my co-host, I think, gave the best analogy. He said he was playing a game with his son, right, his five-year-old son. Mm-hmm. And while they were playing was the game, probably his five-year-old son, than Obama. <laughs> <laughs> well, he kept changing the rules, and they would always benefit his son. So oh. then he said it, it, it dawned on him, the U.S. government is a five-year-old child. It's giving them too much credit, but I think it's pretty <laughs> close. No, the the establishment is a five year old child now because they're just they went for broke and they got caught. I mean that's all it is. You went for broke. You went for gun confiscation. You you went for way too much. You're like this is the last term. We're just gonna go for it. I guess Bill Ayers sent him an email and said, hey, just just you know all systems go let's see if we can roger ramjet all this stuff down their throat the american people are so dumb they won't even know what's going on yeah so well it, it, it it's funny you know that um with the excuses they come with but i have to say though that it's a uh, i i see this ramping up this try to shove everything through uh, mm-hmm. that we've actually been seeing happen over the last you know 8 years not mm-hmm. just you know, uh, Obama's last four. But over the last eight years, we've been seeing this ramping up. Everybody, it seems like they all these things that we thought they would try to implement in the next 20 years has been happening mm-hmm. in five to ten. Mm-hmm. I see that as a positive mm-hmm. because they know they're running no, out of time. No, because it's all, it's all going to fail. It's all going to fail. And then, and then you can go to the collectivists and say, look, this is what your big government did. Now put your thinking cap back on and let's go back to – Sound currency, let's go back to you know liberty-minded and protect your freedom and not have the government spy on you and then tell you that they're spying on you. We have our – I mean, here, have you heard this clip yet? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play this for you. This is just money. This is the, uh, this is the former FBI uh, director of counterterrorism. I played this on my show last week. This is just so – this just shows you – I mean, we all knew this stuff from the Patriot Act and everything, and I tried to explain this to my friend. And God bless her, she's just, you know, she's in the womb, man. And I said, listen, they can they can turn your phone on and listen to you, even if your phone is turned off. They can listen to everything. She goes, well, I think they have the capability to do that, but they never do. I'm like, so let me get this straight. So they wrote a 300-page law to say that they could do this stuff, and they're not going to do it. She's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. All right, get back. I mean, that's in the womb right there, man. That is in the womb. So here's the FBI clip. I don't know if you've heard this yet or not, but I want you to expand on this when we get back. Okay, let's turn our attention now to the phone call between Catherine Russell and her husband, Tamlin Sarnayev. You said something very interesting on Aaron Burnett's show last night. You said that if Catherine Russell does not divulge the contents of this phone call, that the FBI had other methods finding out what was said. What did you mean by that? Well... On the national security uh, side of the House, for in, the, in the federal government, you know, we have assets. There's lots of assets at our disposal throughout the intelligence community, and also not just domestically but overseas. Those assets uh, allow us to gain information and intelligence on things that we can't use ordinarily in a criminal investigation but are used for major terrorism investigations or counterintelligence mm. investigations. And you're not talking that about voicemail, right? What are you talking about mm-hmm. exactly? I'm talking about all digital communications are, are um, there, there's a way to, to look at digital communications <clears throat> in the past. Um, I can't go into detail of how that's done or what's done, but I can tell you that no digital communication is secure. And so these communications will be found out. They will, the conversation will be known. And it's just a question of whether or not Catherine Russell decides to own up to what was said prior to that information being known or after the fact. And 
if it's, it'll be unfortunate for her if she doesn't own up to it completely and fully because the facts of this case, the facts of her involvement and communication with her husband will be known. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and by the way, Robert, every time that we get our rights violated, I play that on on the show. Just so that everybody just so everybody understands that, you know, getting out there and cheering catching the terrorists that, that the mainstream media told you that was a terrorist and you cut the guy's throat out on live television and say that you can't murk the guy in public because of ca- because of the the television crews there is like, Oh no, the television camera's there. Get him out of the boat, cut his throat out. Oh yeah, he confessed. He wrote it down on a um what do they used to call those things where you could actually make like a piece of paper and fold it up? This is what you used to do when you were a kid, and you like fold it up, and then you have like blue, and then like yellow, and then colors on the outside. Oh, you the would do like paper. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, I mean, come on, man. It just he 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 cut it up on some construction paper, and then glued it to you know a little um a little mobile, and he made a mobile about how he did the bombing and everything, and then that's that's confession. There we go. I mean, puppets. Well. Puppet. I, I mean, he, he acted the whole thing out on with puppets. <laughs> that, that that might have been it. I mean, maybe he's a ventriloquist, and maybe he he didn't need his larynx. He could just you know use the puppet in order to give the confession. I mean, this is. I mean, are is any gonna any anybody gonna really buy all this stuff? And how about that? How about the guy from the FBI almost slipped up and said, "Ah, we're recording everything." I mean, we have ways. To... <laughs> I mean, this is well, such freedom. People don't realize that you know um, Bush passed that. Forever ago, with the uh, I mean, he expanded the wiretapping further. No, that was the Patriot Act. That was that was uh, four days after nine eleven. It's like, mm-hmm. man, we got this huge bill. We're ready to get it through. I'm like, where in the hell did you guys come up with that bill? How did you write that so fast? And then it's like the Obamacare. It's like, well, we got to pass it to find out what's in it. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, well, wait a minute. I, Bush was actually kind of smart. I got to give the man more credit than most people do. What he did. If he split up all those surveillance expanding um, mm-hmm. laws mm-hmm. into many different laws, so not any single one could be pointed out mm-hmm. as the violator. That's you know, correct. You had the Patriot Act, the Military Commissions Act, the Real ID Act. You know what I mean? And, and just a little bit more surveillance was put into each one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and then the American public are, they're they're so they're so crazy that they don't. And God help us, man. I mean. I, I don't know if you do this too, but I was talking about how I'm waking people up. Like I'll just strike up lines in, in in like a grocery in the grocery store. I'll just strike up conversation with people just because I'm that passionate about humanity. It's like people look at me like I think I think they think that I'm weird, but it's like listen, you don't understand. You are in a battle <laughs> for your life and your children's lives and your children's children's lives. And here's what I read at the uh, at the very start of the show, and I've kind of harped on this a couple of times. And this is a quote, Robert, from um, Population Bomb, which was written – gosh, I think it was written back in the, uh, the 70s when they were having population challenges. So here is the, the guts of what we're facing, and I hope that people realize this. Remember, I've said this about four or five times. So it says basically then there are two different kinds of solutions to the problem. One is a quote-unquote birth rate solution in which we find ways to lower the birth birth rate. The other is a death rate solution in which we raise the death rate via war, famine, and pestilence, 
And the and the problem that could have been avoided by population control in which mankind consciously adjusted the birth rate so that the death rate solution did not have to occur. Now, the purpose for me reading that, and I'm going to read that last sentence to you again, and I'm going to put emphasis on the wrong syllable for you, is the problem could have been avoided by population control in which mankind consciously adjusted the birth rate so that the death rate solution did not have to occur. Not saying that the death rate solution doesn't have to occur. It said that the death rate solution did not have to occur, which means that they have already implemented this this entire agenda of war, famine, pestilence in order to curb the population of the planet, basically playing God and not allowing humanity to grow and prosper like we should, and then realizing that when we grow and prosper, hey, we should probably limit the amount of people we put on this planet. Humans are smart enough to figure that stuff out, but these guys are so arrogant that they think that, oh, we figured it out way before these idiots are, and they're just a bunch of sheep and cattle, and we could just murk them, and they don't even count. I mean, what do you say to something like that? I mean, have you ever have you ever read Population Bomb before? No, I've never read that before, but yeah, I'm, very, uh, I'm, very, I'm very aware about eugenics and um, the Georgia Stones and, you know, other population control solutions. And and what's amazing is I was talking about this with, uh, with GMOs before, and it's funny that you mentioned that. It's like GMOs are used in, in, in order to lower fertility. They're used in order to, you know, to grow cancers and stuff like that. And then you have articles like this that come out, Robert, and I'm going to read this to you and get your take on this because this is kind of cool. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a very big advocate of medicinal marijuana because I understand what it, what, it, what it symbolizes. And basically it symbolizes everything that is wrong with the system. The reason that marijuana was demonized, and if anybody hasn't looked into it, you know, I, I do apologize because I did call people a douche on my last podcast that didn't look into why marijuana was criminalized. But that's no fault of your own. You've been conditioned to accept that as a quote-unquote drug because it actually does have multiple different avenues that you can use it, whether it's a biofuel, whether it's a um, whether it's an oil. And this is hemp, not just marijuana. Marijuana actually does have medicinal effects. But here is yeah, a the cannibalites are great. Oh, absolutely. So here is here is a um you know, we're conspiracy theorists by the way, because you know, we don't we don't have white coats and we don't have stethoscopes and stuff like that. So we don't know anything about health. Um so here is a article back from ABC News back in uh two thousand and nine. And it says, Irvin Rosenfeld, a 56-year-old stockbroker from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, doesn't like the setting. Doesn't look like a record-setting pothead. But last week he rolled up a, his 115,000th joint. What do you think his dealer was thrilled to have a client that has smoked one to ten or ten to twelve joints a day for the past 28 years? You're wrong. Rosenfeld, who suffers from a rare form of bone cancer, isn't your typical weed smoker. He isn't a dealer, and his dealer isn't your typical drug pusher. He gets his joints 300 at a time. Wait for it. One shipment every 25 days. Wait for it. Courtesy of the United States federal government. But yet they will go and shut down medicinal marijuana places all day and ship this guy tens of joints because it cures his bone cancer. Well, I mean, what do you think they got to do with all the stuff they bust, man? 
this is just so sick. I mean, I hope that you people in the audience can really see how ridiculous this stuff is. And that's what it's got to get to, is that we have to get to a point of critical mass. And Robert, I know you got a show, so I'm going to let you go here in a minute. But we really need to get to a point of critical mass where we just push back and say no. Just say, this is stupid. Like, the fact that you – listen, did you see the video of the cops tasering those people um, today that was out? Yeah. I mean, what is wrong with these people? I mean, listen – and I and I told um and I told the audience earlier, Robert, it's like you have to understand if you work for the government, it is not you guys versus us the citizens, the taxpayers. That's not what it is. That's a divide and conquer strategy. Just because you guys wear uniforms and little metal badges and stuff like that, you got ribbons and stars and stuff. Like um Kokesh when I was talking to him about the um about the captain of the police force out in Washington, D.C., which basically says that she's going to break the law and arrest everybody, and then says, I don't mind civil disobedience, but if you break the law, we're going to arrest you. It's like, what What definition of civil disobedience are you looking at? Isn't, <laughs> isn't civil disobedience where you protest an unjust law or a, a law that's on the books that you think is unjust? Isn't that what civil disobedience is? Well, we actually did uh, a show on that, um, uh, defining what is civil disobedience. And, that's that's – consp- I mean, you're a thought criminal. I mean, basically, it's a bunch of thought criminals getting together and, comport- and, and performing conspiracy theories. Well, our thing was is we actually looked into the, the literary culture of uh, civil disobedience, and we found that there were three prominent types. There was justice-related civil disobedience, social-related civil disobedience, and then there, uh, I believe there was political-related uh, social disobedience. Okay, so um, what, would, them, what would Kokesh's be then if he's going to go do an open-armed march on Washington? Not on Washington, D.C., everybody. Don't freak out. He's going to just open carry across the little – the magical line that the bureaucrats drew. Once again, magical, invisible lines that humans drew where all of a sudden the law changes. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. Well, the um, his would actually fall fall under two justice and political. Uh, justice because he is standing up against an unjust law. What he what he uh, perceives as an unjust law, which has already uh, been ruled pol- unconstitutional by the Supreme Court, by the way. But yeah, all that being aside, that's that's fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, the second being political because it is also a political statement at the mm-hmm. same time. Um, uh, some would say that it's a constitutionalist statement. Some would say it's a libertarian statement. Some would say it's just a human rights statement. But uh, it's a political statement nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And um, it would fall under those two. But here's the funny thing. When we looked them up, the, the common denominator in all three definitions was when someone breaks the law too. Mm-hmm. And then whatever the reason was, the justice reason, the... the um, hold on one second. My wife is telling me someone hit our window with a rock. Anyway, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> well, no, I can pick it up from there. Go check on whatever you got to check on, and um, you know, just let me know when you get back. But it's, you know, that is what it is, everybody. It is. It's absolutely ridiculous when you're looking at it from the perspective of this man, and 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 a lot of people think it's a bad idea. I had a couple of my, you know, I had a couple of people come up to me that know that I'm going to be up there covering the event. Robert, I think, is going to be covering the event with me. I think we're going to all caravan together. 
or at least we're going to try to all caravan together. But what better way to celebrate Independence Day by showing that the people still have the power? I mean, that's what it's all about, everybody. You have to understand that the people, not the bureaucrats, not the fancy suits, not the red carpets, none of that. Not the teleprompters, none of that stuff. You, the people, have the power. They are supposed to be your elected officials. Excuse me, damn it. They are supposed to be your elected servants, not your officials. They're not supposed to be there to dictate what is going on. And this is, yes, I understand, this is coming from somebody that is outside of Washington, D.C., and I don't know what goes on in the District of Criminals. But the fact of the matter is, is that you've got somebody like Ron Paul that stood up to the establishment for 20 or 30 years, and then you've got somebody like Rand Paul that's doing the same thing. And I was one of the first ones to come out about this because I could not understand why libertarians got so upset when when Rand Paul was talking about the drones. And I actually heard Alex Jones say the exact same thing I said on my show. Listen, when you got upset about the fact that, oh, now he wants to use drones to catch – dude, that's an extenuating circumstance. Yeah, if somebody just robbed a liquor store, why not put a surveillance drone on him so we can track him down and arrest him? I mean, what the heck? But he's just saying you can't have free-flying drones all over the United States and just spying on us at will. That's not what you can have. You have to have yeah. at least a reason, probable cause, or even better yet, there should be some kind of form that they have to fill out where they have to get it signed off on. And then unlike our unlike our federal government, you have to have somebody take responsibility. Have you ever seen in your life, Robert, have you ever seen an administration dodge so many questions, not questions, but dodge so many different articles of blame where they're all like, well, it was my underling or I didn't really know about it. I don't know anything. I didn't, listen, I'm just the president. I don't get to see what happens at the embassies. Like, I mean, have you ever seen so many people just be blatantly, like you said, the little five-year-old kid saying, no, 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 that's not how we play the game. No, 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 but you said we score points by having an eight. No, 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 you don't score points by having an eight. You score points by having a jack. So I have a jack now, so now I score points. I mean, have you ever seen an administration like this before in your, in, in your lifetime? No, uh, well, I mean, if you count the Bush administration, I mean, they kind of did the same thing. But, but they did, but I mean, the, the how Obama administration seems stuff to be with that the, with much the... more vocal about it. Right. I'm sorry. I cut you off at the very end because I wanted to chime in on the Bush stuff. The Bush, when it came out that he was doing warrantless wiretapping, he almost got impeached over that. And now it's like, oh, Obama did it, but he didn't know. He didn't know it was going on. Nobody yeah. knew. It was just the lone, you know, it's just this lone ideology that these guys are just, you know, not running anything up the flagpole or anything like that. They're just going out and willy-nilly doing everything, which they might be because Barack Obama is going on vacation probably in the next couple of days, I would assume. You got to be. Yeah, well, I mean, he's kind of beat Bush out on those whole vacation days. <laughs> That and golf rounds, man. He can rock it up. And see what I what I explained to the um, to the audience earlier is that Obama is the epitome of America in the fact that he can talk to all the little bubbles that are out in America. Like he can appeal to the sports guy bubbles. Like, look, I filled out my bracket and I know this player from this team. And ooh, Obama likes basketball. Okay, he's my buddy. And then you got the other guys where he's like, yep, I'm going to pay that car payment for you. I've got you. And like, we want a free house. You got it. Never says I'm not going to give it to you, but just gives a thumbs up. 
hey, I'll get you a free phone. And he just he just tailors to every one of those little those little um the little wombs that these people get into where they just want to be comfortable and they want to have everything provided for them. And me personally, I don't want collectivism here in the United States. That's just me though. Well, dude, it looks like that's about all the time we got. I mean, I'm gonna wrap up the show here because uh, I got some commercial breaks I got to fill in and all that stuff. I guess I'll have to edit that out, but. We do have a we do have a lot of stuff coming up here, guys. Stay tuned to the channel, Robert. Once again, give everybody everything. Give them the Twitter handle. Give them the website. Give them how they can get in touch with you if they want to get involved. And um, yeah, just let the people know what you guys are all about one more time. Yeah, no problem. We we, we focus to be an open source uh, news organization. Um, we try to be factual. We will fact check for you. You can always go to our YouTube channel at Journalistic Revolution. Uh, our Twitter is at Journalistic Revolution. Um, the Facebook page, of course, is Journalistic Revolution. And, of course, you can find a link to all of that at journalisticrevolution.com. Uh, it's news you need to be involved in. Absolutely, man. And that's, you know, that is my my little catchphrase that I have on my show is uh, get a friend, get informed, and get involved. Because it's really hard to look at this stuff by yourself. I mean, it, I mean, and you know this, if you've ever, if you if you woke up by yourself and you're trying to, like, grind through all this stuff it can be very daunting and it can be very overwhelming but if you get somebody that's a friend that you can talk to and be like dude did you see this did you see that and then it makes it a lot more fun and then one of the things that i always try to promote on the show is if you do go out and do activism stuff guys number one be safe number two be have fun with it have fun being an activist because if you go out there and you're just mad, nobody's going to want to listen to what you got to say, and nobody's going to want to join in on your parade. So, Robert, thank you so much for the time. That's it for the show, everybody. Tune in um, tomorrow night. I'm going to do another two-hour show. And um, once again, get a friend, get informed, and get involved. We are not cattle.net is a website. We are not cattle. The number one is the Twitter handle. And, um, you know, follow us on Facebook as well. We are not cattle. Take it easy, everybody. Have a good one. In your heart